You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome back to Legends Live, as presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. It's the home of all our NBA and WNBA legends. We've got a very special episode today. We have former Washington Wizard, former Milwaukee Buck, UConn Husky, and the current director of the National Basketball Retired Players Association. We've got Karan Butler with us. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Uh, just on pins and needles like everybody else, just waiting for this thing to you know, happen with the election. But outside of that, I'm, you know, extremely pleased by the turnout, you know, mm. you know, nationwide, everybody came out and represented, put their best efforts forward. And that's what it's all about. I was gonna say, you've been heavy all over social media, uh, just really getting out how important it is to vote, staying on people to stay active. How did you like get into that? You know, uh, it's something that I've been about, you know, my entire life. You know, my family come from the South Columbus, Mississippi, Mm. Uh, you know, my grandmother, my grandparents worked in the cotton fields, migrated up north to a predominantly white state, Wisconsin. And, you know, industry and things that I was just exposed to. Also, myself personally, from my experiences, talking about mass incarcerations, you know, being in that, you know, environment and going through that process, it gave me uh, a broad perspective on all things. And to now get to the point where, you know, back in 2002, when I got drafted to the, mm. the NBA, I had a large platform. So mm. I was always doing this work. I was always celebrating. I was always talking about the isms and all the things that exist. And then finally, we got to the point where it's, it's become extremely cool to, you know, be a part of the wave. So I yeah. think the voice and the messaging got amplified when that happened. Mm. Now, along the way, like as you it wasn't something you got into like overnight. How did you like educate yourself? How would you recommend people like educate themselves and stay up to date? Like, I mean, on general elections, but even more so, you know, within the four years uh, in between. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's very important. Like even when we was kids, right. Uh, we always learn about the three branches of government. Mm -hmm. It was something that never was, you know, constantly, uh, thrown at us or something right. that we was wasn't hammered into our head. Yeah. You know, and I think that's important. So, you know, what I would do is just be like, you know, find specialists in those specific areas and, you know, let them serve as mentors to you and guide you, you know, the mm -hmm. head of the urban league, Mark Moriel has been great for me, you know, someone that I can, you know, receive prices information, the conversations that I have on one-on-one show, we had over 41 episodes with, you know, guys like Brian Stevenson, who's a huge advocate in the space and countless others, Valerie mm -hmm. Jarrett, list goes on. And it's from people from all walks of life, all different demographics, but specialists in these specific areas that yeah. just serve as educators. And I've learned a lot. I've also experienced a lot. And that gave me my specific call to action on what I wanted to do. Hmm. How did you get started, like doing the roundtables? Yeah, you know what? Just reaching out and um, 
trying to keep the discussion going, you know, not letting it fall by the wayside. Hmm. I know immediately people wanted to jump right back into basketball and tell us to stick in that box, but yeah. some things that, you know, that needed to be at the forefront before, you know, a sport became priority. And, you know, when you talk about these issues that affect our communities, it was stuff that I felt, you know, dear to my heart that needed to be talked about. And, you know, I'm just grateful for the NBA, you know, giving us a large platform like they gave us, you know, to amplify these conversations. Yeah. You know, so when you wanted to, you know, watch live entertainment, uh, you can do that, but you had to listen to this messaging first. Right. I was just going to ask you that. How did you feel about, like, within the bubble, the players were able to put the messages on the back of their jerseys? You saw the Black Lives Matter on the court, the commercials. Like, what do you you think, like, that was enough, or what do you think is the, the next step, I guess? Uh, I mean, we came a far, a long way by getting that, you know, symbolic recognition, but we still got a long way to go. But what I was, you know, pleased by was just the recognition and engagement. When you talk about 90% of the players uh, in the association, active players that are registered and have actively voted Mm -hmm. in this election. And I think Mm -hmm. that's going to be the trend going forward. the financial commitment from the NBA, not just saying that you can have Black Lives Matter on the floor or group economics or, you know, justice for Breonna Taylor and all those symbolic recognition things, but they actually threw real financial commitment at it. You know, $300 million, you know, $10 million a year endowment. I thought that was huge. And you Mm -hmm. also think about, you know, this providing polling locations. You know, we Mm -hmm. knew that voter suppression was real in the Black, Brown, Latinx communities, but you know, over 23 arenas was provided uh, as resources, you know, for our communities. When you talk about more than a vote, National Black Voter Day, uh, I Am a Voter, all these initiatives, you know, the association joined partnership with all these uh, these initiatives and they said, you know what, how can we be an ally to you guys? You know, and if we don't walk side by side with you, uh, we can walk in front of you in some of these things. And you know, this the resources that just was exposed and provided, you know, uh, it's been amazing. Hmm. You mentioned you said how many you said 90 percent of the players that are currently yeah. eligible voted. Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's that's something because yeah. I'm, a couple of weeks ago we talked to a Donald Foyle on mm-hmm. here. And he said for the 2016 uh, vote, there were like tw- I think it was 20 percent. Yeah, it was terrible. It yeah, was, it was half. yeah. Yeah. And so that kind of jump is is impressive. Like, was that? Was that something being talked about in the locker room, like during your player days? Like, was it was that kind of conversation going on? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that, bro. Uh, when we was playing actively, mm. the conversation was had with, you know, people that look like you, you know what I mean, right. or communities that you was from. So it was like yeah. I was having that conversation with another brother, you know. Right. But yeah. as we all know, we're all brothers, you know. And I think that now that this conversation has got larger and more important than ever. Uh, This is the most important election of our lifetime. I think everybody, you know, got engaged, you know, uh, they just felt like, you know what, I need to get educated more on this. And I know that I need to be part of this movement. And that's why I was this. That's why I'm hopeful, you know, because my 16 year old daughter was sitting here, you know, watching the election. And I know, you know, it's hard to grab her attention on anything. She's like so engaged, like why? Why? What's happening in Georgia? What's happening? Like, what is electoral votes? Tell me, like, how did that get started? And so it's like, wow! If they're engaged in 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 that process now, Mm. our future is going to be extremely bright because twenty forty five 
the minorities will be the majority. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's when the narrative and the, and, and the needle real change. You mentioned some of like the suppression that goes on against mostly black and brown people. How do you or how would you encourage people to like stay active, like understand like this is it's part of the struggle, like this is part of the resistance? Yeah, because uh, but, it, I, bro, it is what it is like mm-hmm. at this point. When you think about our ancestors, when you think about what they had to experience with the sit-ins, with the civil rights movement, you know, uh, post-Jim Crow, everything. And then you think about where we're at right now with the resources and things that we have, it will be a it will be a damn crime for us not to actively be out there and be participants. Yeah. And the narrative has been, and you know this probably as well as anyone in our communities that, you know, my one vote don't matter. Mm. I mean, come on, bro. Like your vote do matter. And if you don't believe, if you look at the mail-in ballots and things that's yeah. happening right now, I mean, it's down to, you know, Trump leading right. I'm looking at it in real time. 9,000, you know, votes, you know, in mm. Georgia. Like you got, I mean, th- your vote matters. Yeah. I was going to say, if you, if you didn't think so before, yeah. Yeah. It's deep, man. Yeah. So what? I guess, what's next after we, like after there's a final tally, whenever we get that, I guess, like what's what's next? Or what would you say? You're, like what's, what's your next step? Man, I think like the next call to action is what, who's ever in, who's serving in the White House, what the next 100 days look like, and then what the next election looks like. And during this process, what have the elected officials hmm. to represent or misrepresent you in this process? How has the seamless transition been? You know, have it been, you know, uh, you know, a lot of back backsliding or, you know, uh, misinformation given out? by these people that's supposed to have a post on the community that represents you. And if so, you know, that is the call to action going forward. You need to address those things. So my observation isn't just looking through the lens uh, of of our communities and saying November 3rd was the end all be all. My observation is looking at the layout of everything. Everybody's on watch. You know, everybody's on notice. And you got to look at it like that. And if you do, uh, that, I think that's the proper way to evaluate everything. You know, pull all the intel in, pull all the data, and then have specific calls. Right. Would you say it's been, I guess, easier or tougher, like getting people to be more interested in like their local elections, like their their city, their state, county, and whatnot? It used to. Mm. It used to, but I think now, and especially now, because they're starting to see the power of the vote. Mm. And what it really mean? I mean, I mean, we, we flip Wisconsin, man. I'm talking about right. the, here. So I, I think that people are like, you know what? Damn, my, my vote really matters. So now from a local standpoint, it's like I don't care if, you know, they're coming out doing the census report. And I'm I'm going to get involved somehow, some way. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm out here being for my active. community. Yeah, for my community, because it's so important. You know, don't let someone else go and misrepresent you. And talk about the things that they're passionate about who don't have a post on what's really happening on the day to day in your community. And I think if we stay engaged like that, which I I do believe we will, uh, it's going to be a game changer going forward. Yeah, I I say that I'm I'm currently in Georgia and just seeing now it's like, oh, wow, like my vote. It felt like like it really felt like it counted this year. And yeah, like for Wisconsin, a few other states with. Somebody mentioned this. Uh, I won't say who asked this, but it definitely was not Scott Rochelle. 
the president of uh, the NBRPA. It was not him. But they said, with all the work that you've done to flip Wisconsin, could a run for office be next for uh, you? I mean, politics has always been something that I've been passionate about for over the last 15, close to 20 years. Uh, I, I mean, I would not rule anything out just because I've become like this work is not work to me. Right. Like, it's a lifestyle. It's become something that I've been extremely passionate about for quite some time. And it's, it, it makes up the fabric of everything and who I am. So mm. I wouldn't rule any of that out. Okay. Did you ever see yourself like getting into it to like to this extent or even being like, you know, maybe a runner for office one day. Did you ever see that for yourself 20 I, years ago? I never seen that for myself, but mm. I, I give you a scary, a scary moment. Like not scary, literally, but just it's a moment where I'm, I'm, at my house, I got lieutenant governor, I got the police chief, I got, you know, the alderman and, you know, a bunch of other elected officials. I was the only one that didn't have an elected position, mm. but I was leading the discussion. And I mm. felt like, you know what? That was my aha moment. I was like, maybe I might get into this space because, right. you know, I'm so passionate about it and I can be a resource and an asset to this discussion mm. and, you know, moving the needle on change the proper way. So, you know, I wouldn't rule anything out in that space. Okay. We will uh we won't hold you too long. We gotta get we asked this one last question to everybody, putting together a playlist uh from all the legends. So what what's in your headphones right now? Give me a oh, give me a song or two, anything. You know, right now, man, I'm my playlist is all politics, but uh, you know, <laughs> okay. I'm up in some Jay, you know, Jay Z everything, uh, Okay. Jay Electronic. I, I mean that album, that collab, I mean they didn't even put in the, in the in the features, they didn't even put Jay in them, but you you listening to the songs, man, and he just he went ham pretty much on everything on that album. Uh, you know, I, I, I that's I'm a, I'm a huge Jay Z fan, and Nas too, man, Nas. Okay. Man. Yeah, man. Who's yeah. somebody? Yeah, he's second second Nas. There's gonna be a lot of a lot of Nas on the playlist. King disease. That's <laughs> okay. All right, we won't hold you anymore. Karan, thank you so much, uh, one, for the work you do and for joining us today. Likewise, brother, man. Appreciate you. Of course. Take care, man. Yep, you too. Right, that'll do it today for Legends Live. We will have new episodes live here every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern time on NBA Alumni's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch page. I'd like to remind viewers that you can watch replays of any episode at legendsofbasketball.com slash legendslive. And you can catch the audio replay to any of our conversations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Legend Studio. That'll do it for this week, and we will see you next Thursday.